Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Um, so we're doing, this is, we're not doing what we said we're going to do. I don't know how to. <laughs> we lied. We lied. Intentionally. We're not. Yeah. We didn't we lie. Are, Things we're, we're, changed. Yeah. Um, life circumstances. Well, there, we um, were delaying for one week what we were going to talk about. Yeah. Um, Riley's selection and we're actually we're 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 flipping it because what I was going to talk about next week this is weird um we had already kind of decided that next week we were going to talk about Jimmy Buffett um and because we all love Jimmy Buffett in this family and we all have different music Jimmy Buffett's important to us throughout our lives and so we were going to kind of focus on that and then we decided that in light of the fact that um, very, very sadly, Jimmy Buffett passed away last night, we would talk about Jimmy Buffett now because um, it's all we were wanting to talk about anyway. Yeah. Um, and then we will we will revisit um, Riley's selection. Yeah. Renee Snow Rapp. So, I was sitting there trying to remember her first name. I was like, Rap Snow Angel. Rap. What was the first name? Yeah, which is excellent. And we're looking forward to talking about that. Yes. So we want to yeah. do her justice. So we're going to do that next week. Get back on schedule next week. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, if uh, I, you probably already have heard this news, if if I just broke to you this news on our podcast, I am really sorry that that was the way you had to. That that was not what you were expecting, and I am sorry if that's how you just found out. And please feel free to pause and take a moment. <laughs> we we uh, as we sat down to record today, uh, Riley and I broke this news to Taylor, and so we knew. It's it's taken. T- Taylor is fresh hearing this. I, 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 you know, I was not ready for that this morning. No. I, you know, it's, um, yeah. You know, celebrity deaths are inter. It's. I mean, they're always tragedy, but it's. You never know the ones that are going to just hit you really hard and be like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't know how yeah. to." I, this is a person. I mean, in our case, we met Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Some of us, Sydney, even Justin, he was a family friend, but like. You never know the ones that are just going to take you out. So it's like, oh, oh, nope. <laughs> Give me a second for this one. I would like to apologize for laughing at the mention of celebrity deaths. It had nothing to do with the conversation that was <laughs> happening and everything to do with Sydney picking up a whole bottle of Prosecco and just drinking straight out of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just I feel a little insecure now. Like, I think it's no. okay to be sad about people that, no. you know, had an impact on your life, even Sydney if you've just, never met them. Sydney just flipped that bottle right up. <laughs> fair, never mind. I mean... <laughs> It's not a whole. It's just what's left over. I just it is well, like I get the a whole bottle though. Justin's out of town, and so I'm <laughs> on my own. And the act of dirtying a glass, the implications of this is that I will also clean the glass while caring for the children. So if I can avoid dirtying a glass, you know, that's mm-hmm. okay. I mean, I that's it, why. To be fair, it's it's afternoon. Yes, and it is also five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. So I I made myself a margarita. That was the only thing I could do as a bartender in response to this news. It's like I gotta I need to mar- I, I gotta make a margarita. I don't. It's like it's the it's the only rational thing to do, so, honestly. No. Agreed. So, um, no, no judgment. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that was what Cooper was singing on morning? Was it's five o'clock somewhere? Which I don't know why that's the Jimmy Buffett song that stuck, and I don't know that she fully understands the implications of that Jimmy Buffett song. But she was singing it's five o'clock somewhere all morning. She asked us at the beach this summer because we had that flag that said it's five o'clock somewhere. She said, why does it, why is it five o'clock somewhere? What's five o'clock? And I tried to explain like, well, that's typically the time that grownups get off work and can start um, having fun. 
And she said, that's <laughs> it. And I said, well, and drink. She yeah. said, drink booze. I said, yes. <laughs> she said, okay. <laughs> like, I understand now. Drink booze. Yeah, we did. We love Jimmy Buffett so much that every day while we were at the beach this year, <laughs> when we went out to set up our cabana and our chairs and our cooler and our towels and our beach stuff, um, we flew a flag, a Jimmy Buffett flag. We took the time to attach that to the cabana. Well, and, and credit where credit's due. That was mom's vision. She, that she was wanted mom. people to know what we were about, which on a on a beach that is technically dry, maybe we don't want people to know what we're about that much. But you know what? No one minded. No one cared. Is it dry? Yeah, yeah. All, most public beaches are dry. Yeah. Oh, I just thought it was one of those where you can't have glass. No, I mean, I think like, you know, you don't want to make it obvious, but uh, yeah, no, it's that's a wow. normal thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Now we got to lower that, that five o'clock somewhere flag to half mass. It's five yeah. o'clock is when we have milk and cookies. Mm-hmm. It's five o'clock somewhere. The family next to us <laughs> for snacks. Was drinking too. Yeah, everybody's I mean, drinking everybody's on the beach. Drinking. Everybody's drinking on the beach. We, we yeah. They so. weren't hiding there because I I saw I can I can spot a white claw from quite a distance and they had white claws. I walked, I'm <laughs> drinking a Celsius currently. I haven't gotten into my drinks, my drinky drinks yet. Um, but I did walk into school drinking this on the first day of school. And the amount of people that asked me if I was drinking a White Claw at 8.30 in the morning on a Monday on the first day of school was greater than five. <laughs> now listen, I'd, I would never endorse that. Um, that's not, that's not. Could you imagine though if I just walked in with an open White Claw just drinking that, it? I'm just saying, it's like, Okay, it's a double-edged sword because on one hand, you're there to learn, so you, that's not a good idea. Like, I, that's not a recipe for a successful law school career. But on the other hand, it's a power move. Nobody knows. <laughs> like, you walk in carrying a white claw first thing in the morning on the first day of the new law school semester, and people are like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Like, the, you know, you're a wild card. The only thing that would have been better is like the people who will bring in a Diet Coke or something. It's always a Diet Coke, actually, and crack it open. Like after the class has gone silent and we're listening to the lecture, if I just pulled it out of my bag after everyone had stopped talking and just right in the middle of the lecture. Oh, this it's a white claw. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't I'm worry cool. About None of your business. I listen to mind, Jimmy Buffett. Mind yourself. <laughs> playing in my headphones right now i'm not even listening to this lecture <laughs> five o'clock somewhere i'm i'm not even enrolled here <laughs> i don't even go here i do this at a different school every week <laughs> learn a new skill move on baby <laughs> and i absorb none of it because i'm always drinking a white cloth <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's that surge, that's you know. It's, oh you can, man, those surges yeah, they, they take you out. But regular white claw, I could intake some knowledge and sip on a white claw. Yeah. I could, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I don't even know where to begin. As as mom has reminded me several times this morning, we went. I went to my first Jimmy Buffett concert when I was three months old. Well, and of course, I have a crystal clear memory of the entire event. Well, maybe, okay, well, that that seems a little maybe not true. Yeah, that's but, not true. That was a lie. But maybe that's the best place to start. What What is your, what, what do you remember as far as, like, what's your, I don't know, obviously it's not your first, what's your first Jimmy Buffett memory? But, like, 
What, what does Jimmy Buffett mean to you, Sid? Um, okay. I'm just making sure. Oh, sorry. The neighbors are... I'm getting... The neighbors are ringing my doorbell. There's no one here but me right now. I'm not going to go to the door. My Tell first them this memory is a period of mourning. Yeah. yeah. My first memory... Okay. So, as far as I, back as I can remember, we listened to Jimmy Buffett, right? Like, I always remember mom and dad playing the music. Um... Our cousin Charles, who hung out with us and like spent summers with us sometimes, lived at our house in the summers, would, uh, he loved it and would like giggle when there were curse words in the <laughs> songs. I remember. <laughs> um, like, I can't remember a time where I didn't know the words to Margaritaville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I didn't think that the, uh, the song was Why Don't We Get Drunk and Spew. Mm-hmm. Because that's what mom and dad told us it was. So they didn't have to explain anything else to us. I like Lyric that. change. I think that at least you and I said we took that to heart. That's what yes. that song is. Why don't we get drunk and spew? Mm-hmm. <laughs> tragic, tragic misunderstanding. That's what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> when you, you want drunk. someone to like you, you get drunk and puke together. Mm-hmm. And you puke together, and then you're in love forever, right? <laughs> That's not how it works. This is yep. love. Um, it's hard for me to, like, every summer is wrapped up in listening to Jimmy Buffett music. Of course, every beach trip mm-hmm. is is that. And then we would always go for the concerts to Riverbend at, in Cincinnati, which is like an outdoor amphitheater right there on the river. And... um sit on the lawn because mom and dad will always tell you the party is on the lawn mm-hmm. <laughs> and and when you're bringing small children you got to go where the party is <laughs> go where the party yeah, yeah. Is. i remember building like a like a force field of adults around your children because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. i mean everybody's very like i don't know our my experience when i was younger like what i remember of it were like i i was aware that the adults I knew what drinking was. I have memories of like being around adults who are drinking and knowing like, oh, they're being silly because they're drinking. Um, and I thought it was all very funny. I never felt like in danger. It was always fun. I liked the goofy. People don't just wear like beach wear to Jimmy Buffett shows. If you've never been to one, people wear like they're sort of outfits that are amalgams of different references from Jimmy Buffett songs. So, like, they make crazy hats that have a bunch of stuff that you would only know. Like, some of them are, like, deep cuts. Some of them are just random references that Jimmy Buffett made one time to something that he might like in a song. Mm-hmm. And, and like, everything is that. And there are beach balls everywhere and balloons and flags and stuffed things and people handing out junior mints to the crowd, which we ate and probably shouldn't have, but... I mean, my memories of it were all very, it's weird because it, it was all very like family friendly in my, in my head, you know, yeah. I don't know if that's, I mean, it I was, mean, ra- it, it didn't feel like a raucous, dangerous, like, you know, it, it felt like a, a beach, a family beach vacation concert party. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. I don't know, Taylor, if you have those, like, those are my memories of, like, the early days before I started engaging with Jimmy Buffett as, like, a teenager and then young adult and, like, my own sort of, like, when I would go to concerts as I was older. That Those are my early memories. 
No, I mean, I, I, when I was a kid, we went, I, I thought it was, <laughs> it was like Disney World. It was magical. Mm-hmm. For all these adults, and they're all having a great time, and everybody's dressed in a silly costume, and, you know, everybody, there's fireworks, and everybody's singing together. Like, it was, it was, like, I would never have felt endangered, because even if you're surrounded by, let's be real, a bunch of adults, yes, they were drunk, they were also definitely smoking pot, uh, everybody was just genuinely excited to be there. Nobody felt like a threat. Like, I don't know. I remember. It was, it was a very specific vibe. I remember very clearly the first time I went to a Jimmy Buffett concert, because we would go, not every summer, but many summers, and I was old enough to smell weed and think, <laughs> there's been weed here all along. <laughs> like, like, I recognize now... Weed. Yes, there, there is, there is a weed here, and it always smells like this here. So there's always been a weed here. <laughs> but I remember like getting to the age where you would go and go, oh, okay, people are smoking pot too. Um, which was still a big deal at this point. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't everybody yet, or it was yeah. everybody, but we didn't talk about it yet. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. The first, it was definitely album, Jimmy. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> I now mom and dad played bars, beaches, boats, and ballads, which was like the greatest hits collection. Mm-hmm. It was this big giant cardboard box full of CDs. <laughs> like you would buy the big man. Physical media used to be so big. It was like twenty feet or twenty inches long, and like <laughs> not feet, twenty inches long, and like yeah. a, like a, like six inches wide. It was a big object. Yes. It was a very large object that you purchased so that you would then, and then, and you would carry that in your car. Dad well, had no, that. you would, you would remove the CDs and put them into your 10 CD CD changer in the back of your rodeo. Mm-hmm. Well, you could do that. Yes. <laughs> but I remember like going down to the beach and listening to all those CDs just over and over and over again. Um, the first CD that I purchased and I had, I had tapes. I had I like I have a distinct memory of having cassette tapes of Jimmy Buffett music that I think were ones that mom and dad had and I would listen to in my Walkman. Um, <laughs> the first CD uh, the or the first Jimmy Buffett album that I remember purchasing was Fruitcakes. Hmm. Um, that that one I bought on CD. I have a very clear memory of like what that CD looks cuz it's really colorful. Mhm. And uh, I have a very clear memory of like what that CD looked like and getting it and putting it in my Discman and listening to it over and over and over again while we were hanging out by the pool at my mom and papa's house in the summer. I have like distinct memories of getting the Fruitcakes CD. That was probably my first like, I am now old enough to decide if I like this music and I will purchase it or not. And that was where I started. That was my kind of on-ramp with mm. my love for Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. I gotta look what year that came out. Just looked at it. Um, 94. So no, there you go. Came out. <laughs> so um, I was 11. <laughs> that's wild, because Fruitcakes was also the one that I would say is the first one that I was like, this is for me. And I was eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that that's how, that's, isn't that weird to think about? Yeah. Boats, Beaches, Bars, and Ballads has 72 songs on it. Yeah. That's crazy. 
Like I was scrolling through, and I was like, this is just never ending. Well, each CD was one of those names. There was a mm-hmm. boats, beaches, uh, bars, okay. ballads. Yeah. Okay. That's just that's crazy. That was also a great shirt that we used to have. I don't know if it started out as mom or dad's. Do you remember the T-shirt? It was. Oh yeah. It was, this it was a white t-shirt and then it had the album cover mm-hmm. the bars beaches boats and ballots on it and i i don't remember who it started out it was either mom or dad's but then we would wear it to bed like as a nightgown because it was so long it was, it was a big sh- i was like it had to be dad's because it was a big shirt and i loved that i hung on to that it had like a hole where like the um collar of the t-shirt starts to pull away from the shirt and it, you get a hole right there mm-hmm. like it had a hole in it and i still remember wearing it to bed i loved that shirt i have like a very clear image of that shirt that i love so much um i remember too like once i especially in high school i decided that like jimmy buffett t-shirts are very much my style and that's that's the statement i'm making to the world in high school is who's who's sydney well she's that girl who wears bell bottoms and jimmy buffett t-shirts obviously (laughs) and you knew who you were probably some dolphin jewelry let's be honest (laughs) do you have a like a puka shell necklace or i didn't do the female beads Fimo, that's what I was going to say. Okay. I did the Fimo beads. Okay. Hemp hemp chokers uh-huh. with Fimo beads mm-hmm. and dolphin earrings. And just Jimmy a Buffett t-shirt. small ring of irritated skin around the neck. <laughs> from the, uh, the hemp. hemp yeah. The hemp. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And those ear cuffs. You weren't going to get a piercing, but you would wear a cuff. I know. Yep. Uh, yep. The ear cuff. I didn't even have second holes in my ears yet. Just my two dangly silver dolphin earrings. Um, But that, I mean, that was... It's weird to think about now that, like, I decided in high school it was cool, I guess. I mean, or maybe I I would love to say I didn't care what was cool, but I mean, I probably did think I was cool wearing a Jimmy Buffett t shirt in the 90s to high, like, to high school, which was not like it would not have been. There's no way my peers were like, cool vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We definitely know who that is and listen to that music. Because it was our parents' music. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was my, that's my on-ramp to Jimmy Buffett. Mm. That's where it started. You all can feel free to share yours. I mean, I feel like I just, you know, you all had it already, obviously, Mm -hmm. by the time I came along, had your collective love for Jimmy Buffett. So it was kind of just like what we did on vacations. Like, I don't remember, like you said, I remember a time where we weren't listening to jimmy buffett i do remember Mm -hmm. being in elementary school and we were having to share like uh, we were about to go on summer break and we're like what's one thing you love to do in the summer something i don't know and we all were sharing and i said listen to jimmy buffett with my family and everyone in my class looked at me except for one other girl who was like my family loves jimmy buffett and i was like this is we're friends now there's one Mm -hmm. other girl here i just assumed everyone did i thought it was like the beach music like everyone listens to it you gotta know who that is and there was just one other girl who was like yes i got you that was well that was it and i think what you're hitting on is there was always a divide like jimmy buffett music was considered a little risque mm-hmm. and it depends on where you grew up like in an area like west virginia you're always going to have some people who are like "Ooh, he glamorizes drinking he uses profanity i mean the song is why don't we get drunk and screw yeah yeah I mean, when he and when he released that, you know, they couldn't even put they couldn't put the word screw on the album. That's funny. 
It actually was why don't we get drunk and and they had a picture of a like a screw that you use in oh my you know, god building things. I love yeah. that. Taylor, what about you? Yeah. Well, you know, I would say album wise, Sydney, we had the same entry point, which again is hilarious that we were eight and eleven. But fruitcakes was the one that I always loved. I knew every word to fruitcakes. I love fruitcakes. Um and even as I got older, and this is something that, you know, it's interesting because before we started recording, uh, we were talking about other, other famous deaths that have affected us. And I said that the one that hurt me the most was Anthony Bourdain. Um, but then when I, I think about that side by side, you know, especially through my 20s, the way that I spent my life, just like, I know I'm supposed to be doing something legitimate, quotey fingers with my life, but I kind of just want to travel and I want to like make some mistakes and I was working in restaurants and just sort of like doing whatever like there was a part of me that was like hey as a family raised on Jimmy Buffett like I think I was doing exactly what I was I learned to do go out there see the world get your heart broken a few times and like the people that I looked up to told me that was the good thing to do and that was always a connection point where I could always kind of find a middle ground with the family even when maybe I wasn't living in a way that anyone approved of but we could relate on this one thing and that's it jimmy buffett though he he's got it right <laughs> like for a long yeah. time it was the one thing that i felt as long as i know my family still loves this i know someday they can understand me because all i ever did with my life is do what i was i was taught to do by way of jimmy buffett <laughs> i mean it really was it's weird when i think about uh I had to, I don't even remember what class, probably an English class. There was some class where they assigned us this, like, write a memoir as if you went on a trip and, like, write this about this adventure you had. And, like, and they wanted you to pull from, like, learn about a place and then you can, like, incorporate those details that you've learned into your story. I don't know. This whole narrative thing. Anyway, my whole thing was basically just, like, if I was, like, Jimmy Buffett and I traveled around the Caribbean playing guitar and I, that's how I paid my way and I was on a boat and like I wrote this whole fake story where I was just I mean like basically just Jimmy Buffett like in my <laughs> mind this is who Jimmy Buffett is and I wrote a story about me being him and I never said that's what it was but like that was entirely inspired by I imagine this is what his life is like I mean it wasn't you know which is not exactly true like he did not just wander the Caribbean aimlessly playing guitar <laughs> I, I, maybe he did that sometimes but that was not his whole life who's also an incredibly successful businessman and you know entrepreneur and musician and uh, everything well and i think that the idea of like a person as a person and a person as an idea that's two different things right the idea you put out in the world of yourself can is usually more powerful than who you actually are as a person and it i i think that when those are completely disparate, like if you put a great idea out in the world, but you're a terrible person. Yeah, no, like that's garbage. But mm -hmm. sometimes the idea can matter more than the person as far as to people's lives, you know, like the idea of Jimmy Buffett, specifically because he appeals to like maybe like lower class, middle class people. But he still mm -hmm. puts the idea out there that like you should see the world, you should travel, you should meet other people, you should learn other cultures. Like Again, like that's there's it doesn't it makes total sense to me that I latched on to Anthony Bourdain the way I did because he did the same thing he did it through mm. cooking and Jimmy did it through music but it was the mm. idea that like everybody's purpose is to understand the world they were born into yeah he also did it 
And I think that's a really key point you hit on, Tay. I remember there was an article written about him five or six years ago that I thought was really telling because what, what he was saying was two people who don't necessarily have the kind of wealth and power and freedom that comes with wealth to just go whenever they want, to just yeah. explore and travel whenever they want. He was saying, like, you deserve this too. This is something that should be, like, you can long for this and want it and seek it and get it because you deserve it. And it's not just for people who own the beach houses. Right. Like, you know, and, and I think for a lot of people, how is that realized? What's realized is, like, what it was for our family that one week every summer <laughs> when we would get up at 6 a.m. and get in the car unrestrained <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> lay, laying sitting down on the floor <laughs> sitting on the floor in the back of the car the roll around space the roll around, <laughs> the roll around space. space with with dramamine in our systems <laughs> oh, God. Oh, the roll we just lay down the whole yes. back seat and put sleeping bag down and we would just yeah just roll around mm -hmm. for the whole drive yep eat fast food drink soda because back then we let kids drink soda and and listen to Jimmy Buffett all the way down to the beach because we knew that once we got there, it was going to be the week where like we weren't we weren't rich, but it felt like this is what it's like to live a life of leisure. Mm -hmm. You lay around and you, you know, you wait for the shrimp to finish boiling that you've been cooking all day and you relax on the beach and your dad makes you virgin pina coladas because all the adults are drinking mixed drinks, so you get fancy mixed drinks too. And it feels very like luxurious and like self, it's like self care early days. Like this is how you take care of yourself. This is all for us. We are, we are, you know, really <laughs> rejuvenating and re reviving ourselves. And that was the week. It was like all that. And it was just a week because then everybody had to go back to work and we had to go back to school and life continued and you could only afford a week. But for a week, you get to be that and do that. And I think for a lot of people, they hung on to like, I do deserve this too. And maybe I can't have it all the time like the rich people do, but I deserve it. Which I think is a really important lesson that everyone deserves to be happy and feel relaxed and feel good and seek things that bring them joy. Which is a very anti-capitalist message too, mm -hmm. by the way. Yeah. Which again, like that's hard to grapple as far as like, the, like he was a brilliant businessman. You know, like he, yes, he was. He trademarked Margaritaville. Like, like <laughs> he, he was a smart businessman. But I don't mm -hmm. know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. I guess I don't care that much about that side of it because I see the impact he had on our family and mm -hmm. the good, you know, the dreams, the enjoyment, the the parties, the ideas that he put out there. I think that those matter just as much as the man did. And that was yeah. his work. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it seemed like, even though when he started with the Margaritaville restaurants and hotels and, like, the whole brand and <laughs> retirement communities and everything, it was never, like, it's not like he shifted what he did and made it, like, now I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like, now I'm going to be a businessman. Like, he still was doing the same concerts with the same songs and the same backup singers and the same band and you know, all mm -hmm. that for, for all that time. It was just kind of like a bonus. Well, and it, he really, I mean, he said that, I remember it was on one of his live albums because I used to know, I used to listen to his live albums so much that I knew all the stuff he said mm -hmm. 
in between, you know, mm-hmm. like I had memorized whatever he happened to say at that concert that night as well. And I remember that he says in one of his live al- live albums before he starts playing, I think come Monday, um, that he's never won an award for any music that he's written, but he doesn't really care as long as he has fans like Parrotheads. And that sounds like, well, of course, that's what you say. That's mm-hmm. what any musical artist says. But I actually think there's an he's pretty earnest about that. Yeah. I, I genuinely and having met him, I felt that, too. I genuinely got the sense that he felt so much joy at this sort of like world he had created for people and like inspiring people to embrace that like kind of oh wild unregulated part of themselves and celebrate that and be okay with that i i do i I think there was a real earnesty there maybe that's what we connect to Mm -hmm. is somebody who isn't cynical about it like it's fun to make margaritas and so i'm going to make a margaritaville blender where you can make margaritas i mean it's, god you know, do you I mean, remember when dad got that oh, yes, yeah. time, and that. he loved that thing like he used that like every weekend he used it right up until it broke i mean like yeah. he, he wore it out like he wore that machine out used it yeah. until it fell apart well and that's where i like i don't especially in reference to jimmy buffett i would never want to be cynical I think that re- recognizing that if you think there's a thing that people need to know and feel comfortable with and maybe you have to be a smart businessman to get that idea out there, like that's just, you know, that's the mm-hmm. the best you can ask for. He, Which he, he accomplished his, his task. He did. I mean, like th- there were articles <laughs> written about how he, so he was not related to Warren Buffett yeah. <laughs> in any way, but he did like meet Warren Buffett and like specifically reached out to him to say like, so I know, you know, his music, which I mean, I will always defend and say is incredible. I think he's a, an amazing lyricist. I think it's fun. I think he says things that are really smart and thoughtful, wrapped in music that is like fun and a party, which I, I'm, I'm not saying he's the only artist who's ever done that. But like, I think his music doesn't always get enough credit for being as good as it is. But I think he realized early on, like, I am not because it is what it is. And it appeals to everybody. It's not ever going to win the biggest awards. And I might not make the most money off of my music necessarily. But this idea and what happens when I go on tour, which he never stopped touring. I mean, he, he toured to the end. Mm-hmm. Like, that was such a, an important thing to him. This, this I could make a living off of. I mean, and he went and specifically sought to like, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate the people who like this music and make a whole world them i just gotta share i was inspired when you mentioned that margarita maker to look it up because i was like i wonder mm-hmm. if they even make that anymore like that was a long time ago they do still make that one but more importantly they also make one that has three oh, blenders wow. in one um so you can make three different kinds of mixed drinks so, at the same so time. who's gonna rush to figure out the perfect <laughs> gift for dad for christmas who's buying for that christmas for dad, for dad. <laughs> Figure they it have out. it in stock at Target. Somebody's got it. We got to get that for oh, that for yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Oh, he would love that. Imagine he would just. The, the problem would be though, he would feel like he had to be making three drinks every time. You know what I mean? He couldn't just be making one, something in one of the blenders. He'd have no, to be he using would, all three of the blenders. Don't worry, I'll I'll be home for the holidays too. I can, <laughs> that's my job. We'll <laughs> my my can job is drink. It's that's what I do. <laughs> I thought my job was drink. No, you drink, I make drink. 
Uh, that's uh, okay. Yeah. Make drink. Mix. Maybe mix is better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, like, on that note, we were lucky enough to have gotten to meet Jimmy Buffett, which mm-hmm. is like, it's one of those things where there are moments in my life that really my, like, my 12-year-old self shows up in my brain for a second and goes, how? Well, I'm not going to use profanity. How the heck <laughs> did you end up here? Mm-hmm. How did this ever happen? Like, what? How? How could this be real? Um, and meeting Jimmy Buffett was definitely one of those moments. And he was, and and I, I, again, I know this is all like cliched. People say this kind of stuff about meeting celebrities a lot. Well, in, until they don't. But he was nice and easy to talk to, and interested in who I was. Like, ask. Like, and I always find that kind of shocking when somebody who's like famous and then also creates things. So like, they're not just famous randomly. They make really great stuff and put it into the world. When they show interest in their fans, I think is pretty cool because Jimmy Buffett is probably always the most interesting person in a room, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so the idea that he has interest in other people still is a really great quality in a human and he was he was interested he had nice things to say about west virginia which i always fall for i'm always mm-hmm. a sucker for that um and uh he gosh we sat next to him watching hamilton and he sang every word and cried even though he's seen it uh, he had seen it a bajillion times we went and saw margaritaville his musical the escape to margaritaville with him and watching people like realize jimmy buffett was in the audience and then lose their minds and try to like <laughs> run to him um it was incredible i mean in the whole time he was just nice and what he said at the end was like this has been such a fun time um but i'm so tired i want to go back to my hotel and have some soup and tea (laughs) and he was just he was a sweetheart he was just nice and sweet and having fun and just really you could tell like i cannot believe my life got me here i'm along for the ride this is incredible that was his Mm -hmm. whole it was just gratitude and amazement and that's a really great way to go through life i think i don't know i mean his legacy is ridiculous right like how many how many generations of kids and adults are there like out there that grew up with the same thing we grew up with that like you know gave you a space to think about what what's the rest of the world like what what else can you find like I don't know. I mean, yeah, I know it's tough to, it's hard to imagine. I mean, because we always used to say like, we got to go out and see Jimmy on tour. Like, because you know, you assume that as artists get older, eventually they'll stop touring. That's what we thought. Like eventually he's going to say like, this is, I mean, cause his tour schedules were always like, they were intense and he, mm-hmm played lots of cities all over the world and would keep traveling and, and he was long also shows. Like, long shows. Oh my gosh. Long shows and he never it it was like every time he played the songs he knew people wanted to hear. Every never stopped that. Um and didn't seem to like I don't know, didn't seem he didn't complain about it. <laughs> but uh but I remember us thinking, like, we got to we gotta get to his show because what if this is the last summer he decides to tour 
and he just never stopped. I mean, he mm-hmm. kept doing it because, I mean, he loved it. I mean, that's what he said in every interview anybody asked. He loved it. He loved playing the songs people liked. You know, you play Margaritaville for the how many millionth time and the entire audience sings along and that's amazing and he got that. Yeah. It's hard to think about a summer where he's not out there playing somewhere, you know? Yeah. Our dad is going to really have a rough time with this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's, it's a sad day, but like, also, I think it's really important when you just look at somebody's life like that, how much he gave us, it's unfair to ask for more. Um, I, I would recommend if, if somebody hasn't read his books, like Jimmy Buffett wrote books, fiction, (laughs) Um, and they're great. Like if you look up Jimmy Buffett's written a lot of books about like his life, but then also like fiction and I've, I've read some of them and they're a ton of fun. They're not, they don't take themselves too seriously, which was always a nice thing about Jimmy Buffett, right? He never took himself too seriously. You know, he knew it was for fun. He has some kids books too. He has kids books. Exactly. Yeah. We have those. Um, he wrote songs about his kids that always make dad cry. Well, that's one. I think that's the hard, one of the hardest things for me, at least, is that dad picked songs for us. Jimmy Buffett mm-hmm. songs. I know mine was Delaney Talks to Statues, which I don't have to say anything more than the title. It's like, yeah, that's my song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little weirdo. It's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point of that song. I didn't get a Jimmy Buffett song. Oh, well, <laughs> I got I got arms wide open. That, that gave you the song that meant something in the moment. Don't you know? <laughs> you you got a Creed song. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that does seem unfair in retrospect. Yeah. But he just wrote the two, so it's not Dad's fault, really. Well, he had two kids, and then he was like, "Well." Sorry, yeah, ran out. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess we could have asked him, like, could you write a song? There's <laughs> a Riley? yeah, she needs one. <laughs> um, I imagine there are going to be a lot of people feeling this way, though, because he was definitely, you know, I mean, there are a lot of great musical artists that people love, but you don't necessarily feel that like connection to as like they helped shape who I was. Um, and then, and then genuinely seem to care about that fact, you know, not every musical artist also demonstrates that. Like I care about you, my, my fan who likes what I do that that's meaningful to me. And I want you to know that back. And I, I feel like he did a very good job of that. I imagine there are going to be a lot of people feeling the intensity of this loss today. Um, and a lot of people drinking margaritas today. Yeah, please make some margaritas today. It's a three-day weekend. Yeah, so. he he well, blessed us day. with that. Mm-hmm. Again, like you know, he was he was what his late seventies. Um, Seventy-six. It's not. It's never. Nope. No, there's never a good age to to pass at. But he. No mortality sucks. Yeah, but <laughs> God, he gave us so much. Enjoy how much he gave us music, musicals, 
everything out there that he contributed to this world. You know, you, you sometimes as one person, you feel like you can't make an impact. I was like, oh, what did Jimmy Buffett? He impacted a generate several generations, what three, four generations of people mm-hmm. to think of the world differently, and I think that's good. And it won't stop. I mean, like that's the thing today. As I was talking about it, Cooper was sitting there listening to me singing "It's Five O'clock Somewhere." <laughs> God, that's so funny. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, I have taught them other songs, by the way. I don't know why that's the one that stuck, but it, but it is. Well, and I know it's easy to reduce it down to like, oh, it's just like drinking at the beach. No, because I mean, I don't know. My when I think of my favorite songs, I think of um, "Last Mango in Paris." I think mm-hmm. of Captain and the Kid. Um, you know, it was it was about like I actually remember when I was. And and still like deep in loan debt. I mean, I'm still deep in loan debt, but like fresh from college and in like a hundred thousand dollars in loan debt. And I decided I'm going to take the late last eight thousand dollars I have in my student loans and go abroad because I may never have this much money again. And I went to to Paris, and I remember holding up a mango in front of, him out of Paris and taking a picture, and be like, "I'm here, Jimmy. I'm eating a mango. I am having a mango in Paris. Like, I don't." I don't know if I would have done that without the thought that, like, the world matters. And that's something that was ingrained in me from Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. No, I, I know what you mean. It is more than that. I mean, like, my favorite songs. I love Tin Cup Chalice. I love Distantly in Love. Uh, love in the Library was a big <laughs> song that I love. There was a song that inspired a whole talk I had to give at one point called Quietly Making Noise off of Fruitcake. Yeah. And I always thought that was a really important concept, that there's a way to change the world around you and draw attention to something that matters and make noise without yelling and screaming. It can just be something that you, if you're tenacious enough and your message is true, you can get it out there to people. And I always felt like that was a really important concept that shaped a lot of what I've done. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's an album called Songs You Know By Heart. If you, for some reason, have no familiarity with jimmy buffett i don't know how that's possible but (laughs) songs you know by heart are the songs that everyone knows by heart who who is a parrot head who's within the fandom and are probably the most popular and the ones that you may have heard on the radio or that your parents know (laughs) that's actually the only album i had myself was that one (laughs) remember the bright yellow cover with the red letters yeah and there's escape to margaritaville the musical which we'll be doing in huntington next summer if you're in huntington next summer um, Mom and Dad will be there. They're directing it, and they will be crying every night. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah. As if they weren't already going to be. No, they definitely are. Mm-hmm. But thank you all for talking about Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, of course. of course. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to. It felt right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I explained to Charlie. I had told Charlie this morning. We were going to talk about Jimmy Buffett on the podcast next next week, and I said that's going to be um, harder now, isn't it? And she said, "Yeah, you can't. It won't be funny." And I said, "No, that's true. It won't be funny." I said, "It'll be." And I was explaining to her the word cathartic mm-hmm. and where the the concept of catharsis comes from, and what why the expurgation of pity and fear is an important thing. So I know this wasn't particularly funny, but perhaps it was cathartic. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I mean, what a what a what a amazing life that you will be mourned, not just like oh that's sad, but deeply 
like soul deep by millions of people around the world. Mm-hmm. You did that much, that you changed them as a person and that you mattered that much. That's the best I think a person can ask for. Yeah. Oh. Whew. All right. That's enough crying. <laughs> all right. We all have to go drink margaritas. Yeah. I really do. Taylor got a head start on us. I have one, all right? I'm Sydney, you've got your, your bottle yeah, of bubbles. Come on. I do. I do have Prosecco. Jimmy Buffett would not approve shaming whatever you're drinking. Yeah. No. I just didn't have tequila. Um, I am I am hopeful that mom and dad have obtained tequila by now. Justin is all the way across the country. Um, I'm looking forward to him returning so that we can mourn together tomorrow. Wow. Please, uh, you're, you're in Huntington and none of the rest of us are. Two, three quarter, three quarter, please keep our parents in margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> I will make sure and I will get real limes. Real limes, don't bother. Not the lime juice. No. Yeah, make sure um, our dad's okay. <laughs> yeah. I will. I sent my kids to them right now while we were recording so that they could at least distract them. but you all hang in there and um listeners we will be back riley next week we'll talk about with your app next week yes exactly which was wonderful and i had already listened to but now i'll listen to it again well it'll i think it'll be better to talk about it once we've you know it would have been hard today i think yeah i think so too yeah all right well um listeners hang in there (laughs) if you're a fellow parrot head um I know this is a, at least we've got a, a three, day, three day weekend to uh, celebrate the life of Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> There's something powerful about a man that enters the world on Christmas and leaves the world on a three day weekend. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> right at the end of summer. Whew, yeah. I'm going to cry again if oh, I think man. about that too much. All right. Uh, go to MaximumFun.org. Listen to all the great shows that are there um, that won't make you cry. And um, you can email us at stillbufferingmaximumfun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am, am too. too. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Somewhere in an alternate universe where Hollywood is smarter. And the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are Jet Pacula, Airport Marriott, Thruple, Dear America, We've Seen You Naked, and Allah in the Family. In our stupid universe... You can't see any of these shows, but you can listen to them on Dead Pilot Society, the podcast that brings you hilarious comedy pilots that the networks and streamers bought but never made. Journey to the alternate television universe of Dead Pilot Society on MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.